Thanks for tuning in to Betting the NFL on the Let's Get Ready Network. On this network, we talk about all the things you love, like movies, TV, sports, fashion, wrestling, and more. If you're interested in supporting the network, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash LDR Network. And please leave a rating and review of this episode. Enjoy the show, everyone. What's up, everybody? I'm Caleb Ochoa, also known as NFL Caleb 22. This is Betting the NFL Week 2. Um, uh, I'm with my co-host, Eric Weatherly, also known as D-Weezy. How you doing, man? What's going on, man? Hope everybody's feeling good out there. Uh, yeah, I'm, 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 well, I'm not doing too great after that weekend. Uh, pretty, yeah, pretty crappy. Yeah. It was a bit, a bit, bit of a shaky opening, but I mean, that's kind of what you expect out of a week one, especially with, in my opinion, the way they've cut down on the preseason and teams' approach to the preseason. It's hard not to look at week one almost like a preseason game, and I think in a large aspect, that's what we saw out of uh, a lot of these teams. Um, yeah, exactly. So we'll get into that. We'll, we'll before we get into our uh, picks for this week, we'll recap. Uh, what happened last weekend. Uh, we'll start off with uh, what the favorites did. Um, straight up, they went 10-5-1. And, and against the spread, they went uh, even 8-8. Eight and eight. The home teams uh, straight up went 6-9-1. And, and against the spread, they were 10-6. And, and the over and unders, not a lot of points scored this week. Um, the un, uh, the overs uh, went 5-11. and 11. Um, So uh, saying all that, well, what do you think about what uh, – uh, any uh, any of that stand out to you? Uh, well, you know that uh, that game total stat, the unders coming in uh, more. You know, it sort of leans to that idea that you know it. In a lot of ways, this is kind of like the last preseason game. You got teams, first stringers, still figuring things out, um, still getting that cohesion together and that timing down. Um, and you know that's. That's something, you know, first week or two you could potentially target, not necessarily bet it blind across the board, but there could be some potential for value behind those games where traditionally there might not be. Yeah, uh, and we'll get into uh, the biggest upset of the week, which was the New York Giants plus seven and a half, uh, plus 290 on the money line at the Tennessee Titans. Um, they end up win- getting an upset, winning 21-20. Um, this one of the biggest surprises of the weekend. Uh, Giants steal one uh, in the end against the Titans. Um, they did it by containing Derrick Henry. He only got about 82 yards. Um, and inversely, the Titans could not stop uh, Saquon Barkley. He ran for 164 yards, a touchdown. And th- now, if you were if you bet on the Titans, you were looking good um, throughout halftime to, up to halftime because you were up 13-0. and then it all fell apart from there. The Titans could never really um, put them away. Uh, they let them hang around. The Giants ended up coming all the way back, and they they you know get, went to that ballsy move, went for uh, uh, went for two on that final touchdown drive. They took the lead, and the Titans you know come back and they missed the game winning field goal. Uh, but what do you think about this game, um, 
Hey, Derek. Um, yeah, I definitely think this is uh, one the Titans let get away from them. Uh, I had that. Uh, I was taking the Titan, uh, Titans minus the points in that game. And, um, you know, at, like, as you said, clearly the Giants made some adjustments. They came out and executed, and they were able to get back in that game. It was, you know, it was a pretty ballsy move by the, you know, first-year head coach um, in uh, New York to go for two, you know, saying we're going for the win. We're not playing to uh, tie because you're still getting, giving the ball over back to the Titans with a chance to go attempt what they did. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely – I don't want to say shocking, but, you know, as you said, they, they, they were – on at least by the spread, the biggest upset on the week, and they definitely earned it. Yeah. We'll get to the largest cover against the spread. That came in the Kansas City Chiefs, minus six and a half uh, at the Arizona Cardinals. Final score was 44 to 21. I was completely wrong on this one. Um, I thought the Cardinals were one of the better teams in the NFC. I still think that, um, but – yeah, I did not foresee them just getting blown out at home um, against Chiefs. Chiefs, you know, I said they might experience some early struggles. That didn't happen. Uh, you know, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes seems, you know, if just fine without Tyreek Hill. Uh, you know, he, he got off to a great start to the season. Um, he threw five touchdowns. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the Cardinals defense had no answer for him. Um, but, you know. I, would, I wouldn't overreact to the car, what, how the Cardinals played uh, um, week one. Um, I think they'll get be better for the rest of the season. But, yeah, this was this was really shocking to me. I just did not see this coming. Uh, but how did you feel? Um, Yeah, like as I said, you know, last week I thought that the Cardinals were probably – I was looking to see some, a bit of a drop-off from the Chiefs, I won't lie. In week one, they – I won't say they, you know, vanquished those doubts, but they definitely locked them up for a little while because if that team can come out and play even remotely like they did, they're a dangerous team. And that's just the simple yeah. facts of it. Absolutely. Um, the bad beat of the week. Uh, if you bet on the Las Vegas Raiders, um, yeah, it was a pretty bad beat. They get uh, four, four and a half points on the road against the Los Angeles Chargers. The uh, Chargers were up 17-3 uh, at half. You thought you had no chance, but then the Raiders crept their way back in the third quarter. So you start gaining a little hope. It's like, all right, you know, uh, maybe maybe we can cover this full four-and-a-half point spread. You know, we don't have to win. We just have to get get close. But then what the Raiders scored a touchdown with 9.32 left in the game, make it 24-19, but then – the Raiders decide to go for two, and to the dismay of all the all the betters who uh, put their money on the Raiders, they don't convert. Um, they lose twenty four nineteen, and they miss they miss that cover by just a half point, and that is why it's the bad beat of the week. Um, but yeah, how, how did you what do you think about this game? Um, you know me personally. Uh... I didn't get to I didn't get to see much from this game, but I do think the uh, you know the Chargers they're going to be a strong team. I was uh, big on them in the preseason uh, videos that we did. Um, you know, I think that there's a strong chance that they come out of this division. Uh, 
but yeah, you know, I, I, you know, a large part of me, you know, yeah, as you heard me say, you know, I think week one preseason game, you know, you're looking to get some consistency out of these teams. And unfortunately with a number of teams, that's pretty much what we saw. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll just recap my, uh, my own personal picks of the week. Um, not, not a good week. I went, uh, two and three had a losing week. Um, my best pick though was the Pittsburgh Steelers getting six and a half at the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, final score was 23, 20. I was right all the way around on this one. Uh, I pretty much called this, this game. Um, I knew the Bengals were overvalued here. I knew this was way too much points for a divisional matchup. Um, and you know, I think the Bengals were a little overhyped. Um, not that they're a horrible team or anything. I just thought they were way overhyped for for getting six, uh, oh, six and a half, or, or uh, minus six and a half. Thought that was way too much. Bengals never led once this game. Burrow throws four interceptions, fumble fumbles twice, lost one of them, and the Steelers got after him. I mean, they sacked them seven times. And yeah, I said I said last week, like I did not believe that you could just fix off the line just like that. You know, yeah, I didn't have a a good week per se with things as um I believe I ended up going uh two and four on the game total or on the game spreads that I had uh last week. The Cooper Cup uh receptions prop did hit going to uh, well to the over. He covered the seven and a half receptions by halftime, having eight going into the half. Finished the game with 12 receptions, over 100. This is a market that I think you could potentially target um, further down the line if we see Van Jefferson continue to struggle with injury issues and miss snaps. Um, It's just a main weapon of Matt Stafford that I think the books are going to be afraid to pump that number up too high. You know, I doubt we see this prop hit double digits in – the first couple weeks of the season, but clearly we've seen Cooper Cup be a threat for double-digit receptions in just about every game. Um, this being said, you know, uh, that's definitely something uh, that I'll be watching. And as, uh, you know, you heard Caleb mention, you know, the Titans weren't able to pull out their game. That was one uh that I was I was another prop that I was on with Derrick Henry and his rushing total that came in just slightly uh towards the under I believe the number was at 98 and a half and he finished with roughly uh, 85 or 86 yards mid 80s not necessarily a bad performance but not the type that you would expect from um Derrick Henry and so that did end up being a loss uh another p- uh, prop that I was on was uh, Christian McCaffrey recording the Russian touchdown in his game, which did come through for me. I thought the number, it being at one minus one thirty, that was, you know, you always like to be able to find a plus number on things, but that's the type of dynamic player where if you can find a stat like that, even on minus with minus uh, a minus number, it makes it a very tempting prop. And you see, it was one that came through. Uh, but we're definitely looking to dive into things with week two and, you know, find some winners because, you know, that's what we're here for. We'll take the lumps, you know, along the way, but we're definitely trying to find those winners out there. Um, yeah, so you went over your week? Yeah. 
Okay, yeah, that was just what I was going to ask you. Um, I'll just fi- finally wrap up with my worst pick uh, of the week. Um, what it was, uh, Bron- Broncos minus six and a half against the Seahawks. Um, obviously, uh, I've been really high on the Broncos all offseason. Uh, they lose 16 to seven completely. You know, I really just put my, all my eggs in Russell Wilson basket and it just did not pay off, at least for week one. Um, I really thought they were gonna. I really thought with him going back to Seattle, I thought he would have play with emotion um, going into that game, and I thought he was just going to go off. Just didn't happen. It looked like the Seahawks were the ones who played with all the emotion um, to, you know, kind of stick to Russ. But um, I, I Wait, yeah, Mister Unlimited didn't have emotion. I guess not, man. <laughs> Yeah, so I, 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 yeah, I was, I was wrong about that. Hopefully, I'm not wrong <laughs> for the rest of the season. But for week one, just did not wasn't a good look for me. Um, but that that's uh, that's it for uh, the week one recap. We'll move on to this week's picks, and um, I'll start off with my first pick, which is uh, the Washington Commanders plus two and a half at the at the Detroit Lions. And I will take the Washington Commanders plus because it seemed to me um, they have the same problems from last year. Um, they're a tough, competitive bunch, but they can't they, uh, they can put up points, but they don't know how to win games. Um, they they showed that last week. They scored points. They got back in the game, but they didn't end up getting the win. I feel like, like that's going to happen here. 38 points. You know, uh, Hutchinson really, really didn't give him really any impact in that in that game. Quarter fought back, got, got the win. Um, the Lions, I think, will have trouble stopping Carson Wentz. He threw four touchdowns last week, uh, kind of spread the ball around a little bit. He threw John Dotson, his rookie receiver. Uh, got, he got two touchdowns. That's just another threat in the receiving core to, to go along with Terry McLaurin. And also, the, uh, Washington. Uh, Washington is seven two and one in the last ten games, and Detroit is uh, three six uh, against the spread. And Detroit is three sixteen and one uh, straight up in their last twenty games. Um, and the Lions, yeah, well, ha- I think the Lions will keep it close as usual as they usually do, but ultimately fail to pull out the win, uh, which is is their in their nature. And um, if you're telling me that Washington is getting points in this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be all over that. Yeah, as far as that Washington game, uh, uh, if line, I was line. to play it, um, I would have to go towards – I'd be going the other way. You know, the Detroit Lions are a team that I kind of felt that, you know, were capable of covering their uh, season uh, total wins prop at six and a half. So – not to say that necessarily this is one of those wins, but I definitely feel this is a game that could go their way. I am not a big uh, supporter of Carson Wentz. Um, yes, he put up the four TDs, but we also saw a couple bonehead interceptions, and that's in a lot of ways that's been what has commemorated his career for the most part. Is it's not a lack of physical talent; it's more the mental side of the game that he struggles with. Uh, you know, more that gunslinger mentality. And, you know, as I said, you know, I think I think Detroit could pull that one out. All right. You want to go with your uh, first pick? Uh, Yeah. First up, uh, I'll be riding with um, 
Tampa Bay minus two and a half against New Orleans Saints. I feel that, uh, you know, yes, we saw the sluggish Tampa Bay team gets going. I think people are overselling the Saints. You know, as we got closer to the regular season, the Saints were a team you heard brought up a little bit more as a potential contender for the NFC South. Um, and I think people got a, a somewhat of a false bill of goods in that Atlanta matchup where we saw them put up 27 points, I believe. Um barely squeak out of that game with a win. And if I'm not mistaken, the spread in that game going into things was somewhere around seven, eight points. Uh, So clearly the books did not think that Atlanta was on the same level as the New Orleans Saints and coming again in against these Tampa Bay Bucks. I think two and a half points is more than enough that a Tom Brady-led team can win by. If we're talking about just covering by a field goal, and you got Tom Brady on your side. I'm feeling. I feel that that could easily be covered, even if we see um, a little bit of injury concern coming into this game at the wide receiver position. Tom Brady is the type of quarterback that has shown that he knows how to. He can throw wide receivers open. He can. He knows how to audible to get players in the best position. You see it a lot with a player like Patrick Mahomes, where. He knows how to put his wide receivers where they need to be. It's not just the wide receiver running the route, but the QB setting them up for success. And that being said, I think that minus two and a half is way too low for this matchup. Um, yeah, I, w- I was on your side on this one. Um, I couldn't I couldn't pull a trigger on this one only because of the the, the record against the Saints and um, the Bucks. Not good um, uh, for the Bucks. Um, they're like zero and four. Uh, in, in la- last few matchups that they played, um, uh, that that that's the only thing that scared me on uh, on to take the take the Bucks. I would have uh, they were a consideration, but ultimately I just don't know if that, that streak is going to continue or not. Uh, so it made me stay away from that one. Uh, but for my second pick, I got the Indianapolis Colts at Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm taking the Jaguar Jaguars. Plus four, um, the Colts were really impressive to me, uh, and their tie against the Texans. Um, you know, before the season, I felt Matt Ryan what was old and washed up, and I really didn't think um, he had much left. Um, and you know, they were down twenty to three uh, going into the third quarter. Uh, yeah, they made a fourth quarter comeback, but you know, they didn't really do anything in overtime, um, and that's what ended up in the tie. Um, obviously, John Taylor. Um, I had a hell of a day, uh, but they it still only ended up being 20 points. Um, Jaguars had a tough battle. They went back and forth to Washington. Um, I think if they, you know, don't put it all on Trevor Lawrence to uh, win the game for him, you know, he had 42 attempts. I think if they ran the ball a little more, they could have came out with the win because Robinson had a six-yard average and Inktian had 11.8 average. They ran a little more. I think they come out with the win there. Um and I think that'd be the key to winning this game. Um, also to keep, you know, John Taylor off the field uh, as well. And, you know, if they, if they just stop him, uh, definitely think they have a good, good chance in this one. I think they can keep it close. Um, definitely close enough to cover a four-point spread. And, you know, obviously, I, if you're going to give me a lot of points on a divisional matchup, I, I like to take that, especially uh, as, a, as a home underdog. I definitely take that. Um but yeah, ultimately the the Colts are zero and five against the spread in the last five games. 
and uh, one in four in their last five divisional games. So uh, I'll definitely be on the Jaguars uh, on this one. Yeah, no, um, I definitely agree with you that they, uh, the Colts are overhyped in my opinion. Uh, I, I didn't think it was possible, but I'm pretty sure they went out and downgraded at quarterback this past offseason, and they traded so. to bring someone in. I, that – I don't, that makes zero sense to me. But that being said, you know, I'm personally not on this game, but I completely uh, agree with what you're saying about, um, you know, just their lack of showing in past divisional games and past matchups against Jacksonville and being, uh, you know, having a trend like that against the spread. Um, that's definitely one of those things where if, you know, they, they lose against the spread in week two. You know, you could potentially look at uh, fading this play for the better part of the first half of the season. Um, you know, you start getting into a trend that's going, even if it extended from the prior year, you know, if you talk about something that's creeping on six, seven, eight games in that range, I mean, you can almost bet that blind. But, uh, you know, so I definitely look to take the underdog in that situation plus the points. Um my second play that I'll be uh, targeting, um, Philadelphia Eagles minus two in their game against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, a lot of people were shocked to see the Minnesota Vikings go out and beat the Green Bay Packers. Mm -hmm. I'm not a big believer of the Packers this season. They essentially went out and did nothing to improve their team for the most part, or at least in any significant way after trading away De uh, Devontae Adams. Um and the Eagles, they have they, – they prove they have an offense, a powerful offense. And if you can't keep that offense contained, it's a question of how well are you going to be able to keep up um, with that offensive performance. And I'm not sure that Minnesota will be able to do that with Kirk Cousins at the helm. Uh, Philadelphia has one of the best, if not – I'd say top three defensive lines in the league. Um, you have the – Players like Fletcher Cox, uh, Hassan Reddick. Um, I feel like there's another name that I'm forgetting that uh, all on that defensive line. Um, and so potentially uh, a player like Dalvin Cook, you may see neutralize some. And I think that plays into the favor of the Philadelphia Eagles if the Vikings can't lean on that run game to help open up Justin Jefferson downfield. And we've seen in the past where putting the ball in Kirk Cousins hands is not what you want to do to try and win the game. Um, yeah, I was on opposite side of this one. Um, I wasn't, like I said, uh, the, the Eagles let 35 points from lions. Uh, I don't think their defense was that impressive with all the guys that you mentioned and, um, all the guys they got in the off season. It didn't look like it made a whole lot of difference to me. Um, yeah, but the reason, reason why I stayed away from the game, just like you said, Kirk Cousins in prime time. Uh, yeah, that that scares me. So I'm not going to take either side on that one because I don't like um, either team in this situation. I think it's too close uh, to call, um, at least for me. But I go with my third pick, and that, that is the New England Patriots at Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, plus one and a half. Um, obviously, Steelers are coming off their impressive upset against the Bengals. And, you know, I think that we can continue to ride that high against the Patriots. Um, defense was hellacious on Sunday, um, causing four turn turnovers, 
you know, first forcing Burrow to get four pace sacked sometimes, even though um, they will be without TJ Watt. Um, but I still believe they can, uh, they have enough on their defense to still be fierce, uh, especially against a, a quarterback, Max Jones, who is questionable for this game. So I don't know if, you know, they'll throw out Brian Horry or not. Um, but even though, he, no matter who it is, um, Max Jones didn't look that great. Um, their offense was very stagnant. Um, he only threw for a 213 and one touchdown. And as a team, they ran only for seven to eight yards. Um, their offense was very poor. They only scored like seven points. Um, and I think in this game, Trubisky will, again, do enough not, not to give the game away and come out with a win. Um, that's why I was very surprised to see the Steelers at home getting a point and a half. Um, so, yeah, against a, like a, a, a struggling pass team that doesn't have a lot of talent on there. Um, and also New England, one in five against the spread in the last six games, while Pittsburgh is four and two against the spread in the last, uh, in their last six. And six oh in one straight up in their last seven games at home. So I'm going to be on the Steelers in this one. I, I, I really like them in this situation. Yes, it'll definitely be an interesting matchup to see how the Patriots handle the passing game. Uh, there's a chance that we don't see. Um, I hadn't heard a timetable on Najee Harris, but uh, I think we could expect to see him miss at least a week or two from the little bit of the news I heard back around Sunday night, I believe. Uh but as far as this New England matchup, I think we can expect for him to not be there. So they're going to possibly look to lean more on their passing game with Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. And um, I don't, I didn't happen to see um, picking stats for the game uh, Sunday, but he's somebody that's shown that has a potential to create space, uh, mm -hmm. be lethal in open field. The, type of player where if they can make that first guy miss, they might be able to pick up extra 20 yards on a play. And that, you know, that make that makes you lethal. If you can, you know, get the ball into the hands of a player like that, whether it be a Deontay Johnson or, you know, a Claypool, uh, you know, a five yard pass turn into a 20 yard gain is, you know, you ain't got to be able to do much as, as the quarterback. After you want your, your third pick. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, mine, um, I'm going to be going to the Carolina Panthers game where I will be riding with the Panthers and the points, though I feel that this could be a game where, you know, getting back into those inconsistencies, um, you know, the, it, I think this matchup's going to center more around the New York Giants rushing attack versus the Carolina Panthers rush defense, which has shown that that's the – been the weakness of their defense going even into back uh, last year. And we see that, uh, you know, Carolina came out and showed the ability to have the deep, th uh, deep ball uh, threat, which is something that has been absent in their offense in the past. We saw last year where Sam Darnold, he had the arm, but not the accuracy. And in two separate plays uh, Sunday, we saw Baker Mayfield connect with a wide receiver, a tight end, for 50 plus uh, in the Robbie Anderson um, reception, it was 75. Um, you know, you have players like DJ Moore, a speedster like Robbie Anderson, um, you know, a, a CMC players where, like I just said with Pittsburgh, you know, if you can get these guys into space, they have the ability to go out there and put up 
a lot of yards on a play, score a big play. You know, that Robbie Anderson TD, that was a one-play 75-yard drive, which completely flipped that game around and probably was the only thing that put the Panthers back into that game. Uh, and so, yeah, I, de- I think that um, – we might, we may, you know, it's a lesser of a pass rush that we're going to see out of the New York Giants taking on the Carolina Panthers. That was a focal point for, uh, I think, a lot of fans. And in the same aspect, you know, nobody's saying that the Panthers' offensive line is the best in the league. But if you're going up against all pro talent and a good defensive line, yeah, your your offensive line might come out looking a little worse than they are. You know, you, a little some of that shine on that new uh, rookie left tackle. You know, might not it might be rubbed off a little bit. You know, got a little dirt on the new toy. But uh, things come with time. We're gonna see. You know, probably a more suitable matchup to try and judge this offensive line. And I think you know. Towards the second half, we seem to see Baker have a better timing and more uh, cohesion with his wide receivers and just overall. And as I said, you know, first preseason or last preseason of the game, of the season, you know, week two, we maybe we see you know Panthers could out could actually come out firing in the first half this time instead of you know three straight three and outs. Um, yeah, this game I just didn't know what to think. Um... I, I I don't I didn't know what thing about uh Baker Mayfield's performance looked a little shaken to me. Um and then obviously the the Giants uh they, they got lucky to get out with the win. So I, I'm not sure what I'm seeing from either of these teams. Um so I I couldn't even um begin to make a judgment on, on this game. So that's why I completely stayed away from it. Um but yeah, for my fourth pick. Uh, I got the Seattle Seahawks uh, plus ten at San Francisco 49ers. Um, now I'm I'm not going to overreact to the Seahawks' big win uh, against the Broncos on Monday night. That's not what this is. Um, you know, obviously there was a lot of emotion in that stadium, and you know I didn't really expect Geno Smith to play. Like, I, I don't really expect Geno Smith to play like that every single week, but or or even their defense to play like that, but. Uh, even before the season, I thought Trey Lance wasn't going to pan out. I thought 49ers weren't going to be a good team because of the decision to go with Lance over Jimmy G. Um, so I'm going to still base it off of that. And as far as week one goes, uh, you know, they, they basically proven me right. And they that, that that is a bad decision. Trey Lance is uh, so far not really working out. Um, and they lost to a Bears team that, you know, I, I still think is one of the worst teams in the league, uh, despite getting this win. Um, they also quarterback that complete just eight passes. You know, Lance, like I said, Trey Lance, pretty bad. He was 13, 28, 164 yards and an interception. Um, and he was the leading rusher um, because uh, the 49ers lost their starting running back in Elijah Mitchell. Um, that puts even more pressure on Trey Lance to make plays. Um, and the Seahawks were able to hold Russell Wilson down pretty well um, in that entire Broncos offense. They just scored one touchdown, only 16 points. And to say that the 49ers will beat the Seahawks by more than 10 points, it, it's just hard to believe for me uh, when they barely scored 10 points against the Bears. Like, I, I just don't I – I, I just can't see that happening. Uh, the Seahawks are 15-5 and five against the spread in the last 20 games, 7-1 uh, – uh, straight up in the last eight games against the 49ers. 
So I'll be, yeah, I de definitely really, really coming in this uh, Seahawks plus 10. I mean, that's a big number to hit. Um, so I, I like, I definitely like that number. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Plus 10 is a pretty large number, even though we see in a couple of matchups across this week, too, that, you know, we see a couple uh, double digit spreads. And uh, at the book I'm looking at, um, they actually have that same matchup, Seattle and San Francisco, uh, San Fran minus eight and a half. Um, so that just goes to show you that maybe some books are favoring uh San Francisco more than others, uh, you know, a point and a half is a big difference on a spread yeah. in an NFL game. Um, so it, if, it, if I was looking at that 10, I would definitely be leaning more to Seattle, even though I feel that it's hard to judge what we saw out of San Fran because of the monsoon that they were playing in. Um, yeah, that's why I said, that's why I'm not going to react over to week one. Yeah. I already thought they were bad. Uh, before the season, so I'm not saying just because of week one, I'm going with that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I still, you know, this is definitely if I if I was on this game, I would I would uh, as far as the spread, I would definitely have to lean towards Seattle. Just that number being that big, um, we're like, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, there's a good chance that we won't see uh, Kittle in week two, um, which is that just adds to the lack of offensive production for the 49ers. And so it makes it even more difficult to cover that uh, plus 10, even if they win the game outright. All right. Um, your next pick. Yeah. Uh, my next, um, I'm going to the Miami Dolphins, Baltimore Ravens matchup. Uh, I think the key to this game is going to be how the Baltimore Ravens uh, secondary handles the wide receivers of Miami, you know, we saw in game one where, you know, they have the guys, if, as I was saying earlier, if they create space and you put the ball in their hand, they're dangerous. And it's a question of how many times can you stop them? Uh, and if we saw pretty much what we saw out of week one, you know, we saw a team that had that cohesion that, you know, you heard me mention before that was critical in some of these other games where you saw teams not produce over, a whole quarter, a whole half, um, whether it be first first half or second half, just teams completely disappear. We didn't see that out of Miami. Miami came out firing, uh, ready to throw punches. And I think that in this Baltimore matchup, um, it's going to be a serious question of how can the, uh, can the Baltimore secondary keep up with what we're going to see out of um, the wide receiver core of – Tyreek Hill and Waddell and the likes there. And that being said, getting a couple points in this matchup and still covering the uh, field goal at plus three and a half, I definitely like that, where this game could come down to a last-second field goal. Uh, yeah, I definitely think this game is going to be close. Um, that's why I didn't pick it. I thought it was um, too close to call. I think they're both uh, pretty good teams. I do think the Ravens are better, though. Um but how much better? I don't know. That's why I couldn't pick it. Um, and, and, you know, they can't really tell too much off of a, you know, beat down of the Jets, you know. Um, Dolphins and, are pretty good. And, not, and just uh, I wanted to point out that uh, the final score of that Jets game was actually a bit misleading when you uh, see the, I believe it was a drop TD and a missed field goal. So that's 10 points. 
yes, they would have still lost the game, but it puts the the spread of that game in a bit of a different light when you see just how close this team was to having 10 more points on the score at the end of the day. Yeah. So like I said, not really sure how much better they are than them. So I, I couldn't really, uh, you know, pick against the spread on, uh, I just really stayed away from that one as well, but I'll get to my last pick, which is the Tennessee Titans at the Buffalo bills minus 10. Uh, I'm going to be all over the bills on this one. Um, the bills came out open night, proved everyone who picked them when Super Bowl looking like the suit, uh, um, like proving everybody right. Then, uh, they look like the top contender for, uh, winning the Super Bowl. Uh, they beat the defending Super Bowl chance by 21 points. Uh, they shut them out in the second half, um, limiting them to 10 points throughout the game. Uh, the Titans, um, you know, got upset by the Giants, you know. Mainly because they couldn't get uh, Derrick Henry going. You know, he always uh, ran for 82 yards on 21 carries, had a 3.9 average. And I feel like the Bills have that defense um, that is capable uh, of stopping Henry as well uh, because they just did it to the Rams. They, they kept them to just 52 yards. Uh, that's for the whole team, rushing yards. And um, the Bills feel like they are on a mission this year, you know, uh, after what transpired last season, how they how things ended. Um, they feel like they're going into every game with you know that passion that is you know ready to ready you know gets back and get to the Super Bowl finally, um, and yeah the Titans uh gonna have a rough time with stopping uh, Diggs and Davis. They looked impressive uh, on the opening Thursday night. The the Bills you know all last year uh, they, the Bill, the Bills uh, won when they won games they they blew out the teams you know. Um, I believe the Bills uh, will win this game. Therefore, it will be a blowout. Um, and that definitely co- covered this large 10-point spread. And, you know, I think they could uh, force Tannehill um, into making mistakes, as they did the staff first after three, three picks. And I think they can do the same in this game. And the Bills are 4-1-1 one one against the spread in their last six. And the Titans are 3-6 and six against the spread in their last nine. So definitely like the Bills to just beat down on the Tennessee Titans this week, and uh, pretty much a lot of teams are going to be beat down. This is just uh, one in the, the many games, uh, many blowouts that we'll have this season. Yes, I definitely feel um, the Titans will not be able to offensively put up what some might be uh, expect. Um, on that defense, you see uh, Rousseau, Oliver on the defensive line. Von Miller made a you know statement appearance in his first game with the Buffalo Bills, coming off the edge. Um, you know, this is a defense that's quite possibly lacking their most talented player in White at the cornerback position, who still hasn't returned from um, his injury last year. Uh, so. You're basically talking about a team that's literally, as far as a defense, uh, that's literally going to get better at some point. Um, and, you know, they come in, they definitely have the ability to come in and I don't want to say neutralize a player like Derrick Henry, but be able to remove, you know, there's a big difference between a third and five and a third and two, How uh, the, you know, especially when you get into how you might uh, the play calling a run versus a pass play. Um, if you're able to keep Derrick Henry off the field in some of those third down situations, that can be, 
you know, very key and uh, critical in some instances, whether it be flipping the field or stopping a drive and shifting the momentum back to your team. Uh, we saw offensively this team just come out firing, as you said. Uh, you know, we saw right before the season kickoff, um, Buffalo Bills extend uh, tight end Dawson Knox contract, uh, which just – Further faith in the, in this team saying as an organization, they believe in the t- players they have on the roster and the people that they have within the building, as well as making moves like bringing in Avon Miller. And so, yeah, def- there, this I see this being maybe the most unlikely blowout of uh, this uh, week two Sunday. All right, and for your last pick. Yes, for my last pick, I'm gonna be going to a, a player prop. Um, going into this game, uh, I'm ta- I'm going with the Justin Herbert uh, passing yardage under two eighty five and a half. Um, they're looking. It's looking like they're we're gonna see this team without Keenan Allen for a little while. Uh, Mike Williams might be slightly banged up, or at least not at a hundred percent if we see him suit up. Um, and not to say that he's expected to miss the game, but, you know, it's the NFL. We quite often know that players are not playing at 100% at times, whether it be the beginning of the season, late in the season. Um, but I, I feel that there's a, a lack of run presence in the Chargers offense uh, that would help alleviate a uh, absence like a Keenan Allen from their offense and not having that as much of a deep threat or that ability to stretch the field vertically uh, will allow teams to be able to key in better on the running backs that they have there uh, in Los Angeles. I was about to hate myself and say San Diego, Uh, (laughs) but yes, uh, I definitely think um, one, it's a question of, uh, you know, can't will this offense be able to sustain drives uh, and things like that? You know, convert third downs, which you know, again, when you're talking about having your number one wide receiver being on the sidelines, uh, it can de- it can definitely rattle a offensive game plan. And we've seen that the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, they came in prepared for Week One. Um, you know, it's not shocking with an Andy Reid led team. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm still big on uh, the Chargers for this season, but as far as this passing prop, I, you know, it's quite possible that we see, you know, both these teams go out and not be able to put up points, uh, especially with the defense that the Chargers have. We might uh, – uh, Patrick Mahomes might be running for his life. That's not something we've ever seen before. And, you know, yeah. you got a Bosa coming off the edge. You got Khalil Mack coming off the other side. You got a, a variety of other uh, quality players. Um, I happen to see, you know, a former Panther from the 2021 season uh, record half a sack. Uh, so, you know, you see where when you have players like that on the outside, it creates, you know, mismatches and one-on-ones and against, you know, a team uh, like Chiefs, you know, we could see Mahomes running for his life just as well as we could see, you know, uh Herbert being pressured more and having to get rid of the ball faster and things like that. So I'm going to be riding with the under 285 and a half on uh, Justin Herbert's passing prop. All right, man. Uh, that's good stuff. 
and wrap up our picks for this week. Um, we will get into our uh, question portion of the show before we do that. We like to help you guys out. You guys can uh, help us out by pressing that like button and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And if you would like to support even more, you can join our Patreon and, and, and click that link in the description below if you, you know, feel like, you know, you want to support a little more. But um, also, if you want to be part of this portion, uh, this portion of the show, you can leave down a question in the comment section and we will finish your question uh, at this time. But for my question, um, um, the, for my question, I got for you is uh, teasers. Do you like them? Do you play them? Do you, um, and also, um, betting down a spread, uh, just take me through the process of how that works or like um, buying a few points uh, on a spread. Uh, do you do that? Do you usually do that? Or what's your strategy going into something like that? Uh, uh... For the most part, I've traditionally stayed away from uh, teasers. But as far as maybe betting down a spread or, you know, looking at uh, alternate spreads, um, if there's a team that, you know, you feel like that you have a lock or a good read on when it comes to a specific sport or specific season, um, it's definitely markets that can be interesting to uh, investigate because, uh, especially in a sport like football, you know, you heard me reference, you know, one and a half points earlier. That's a pretty big swing, you know, when you're talking spreads and depending on what book you're looking at, you could see, you know, the difference between a plus number and a minus number. And in some cases, maybe being a one point difference. Uh, and so that, that's something that could be very attractive to you or uh, in the adverse as well, you could look, at you know potentially a blowout some of these matchups you know may be close and you 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 have a feeling that team a is going to blow out team b because you know uh, just to use an example you heard me referencing uh miami's wide receivers versus the db core of you know baltimore ravens well if you feel that the ravens are going to stand up and shut them down that might be you know an area you may try to target as you know getting Baltimore uh, minus more points than what the spread is and capitalizing on that plus number that you get in return. All right, man. Like I said, hopefully our, our uh, bets will help you guys win some money. Um, week one wasn't so hot, but, you know, we're both looking um, to come back with a winning week this week, and uh, let's all cash in. Um, but for now, you can tell the people where they can find you. Yeah, y'all can reach me at Backyard Action Media here on YouTube where I'm trying to put out uh, daily content for the most part. Uh, you know, NFL's going off, so I will have NFL props, spreads, game totals, uh, whatever I may come across that, you know, where I see value. You heard me mention, you know, CMC TD prop, that that was something I was riding on last week. I'm kicking myself I did not play that Baker Russian TD that I was looking at at plus 650. Oh, man, I mean, I – you talk about mad. I was in the stands, like screaming at myself, like, yes, we scored, but oh my God, why did I not play that promo? <laughs> but um, yes, as I said, you can catch me at Backyard Action Media and also at D Weatherly90 on Twitter. All right. You can find me at NFLK22 on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can find me on this channel on Mondays, uh, Good Friends, Better Rivals with Ferris. And you can find me on Sunday nights. Uh, recapping um, Game uh, Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon. 
uh, reviews right after that show airs. Um, and you can find my articles that go along with this show on our website, let's get ready network.com. So go check all that out. Um, yeah, like I said, let's get ready to win some money. <laughs>